Hi everyone, and welcome to the Two Cents Footy Podcast with me, Jeff, and... Me, uh, JP. And JP. So yeah, we're really pleased that you've joined us. Um, so yeah, just following on from our, our trailer, we're, we're big footy fans, and we're taking Football Chat back to where it first began, to our roots, uh, debating it back, um, the best like footy stories, and the topical... Uh, areas of the week so we're going to be looking at the premier league the champions league fpl and the saudi league but we'll be starting today with the premier league um but first of all how are you mate you doing all right yeah i'm doing all right i mean my mouth's on fire from curry i've just had but <laughs> no i'm all right it's been um well i've also been without wi-fi for the whole week so it's been a been a bit of a struggle but it's finally back so yeah, it's been a bit of a grind, but um, yeah, good, thank you. How are good. you? Exactly, yeah, so it, it sounds like you've had a fun week with the dial-up, um, yeah, on my <laughs> side. Yeah, no, it's been, a, it's been a fun week. There's a lot of football, a lot of rugby, there's been cricket as well in the previous weekend, so a whole smorgasbord to kind of feast <laughs> yourself with. And Champions League's been back this and week. And the Champions League is back this week, which yeah. has been exceptional. Massive win. For, massive win for the kind of England sides um, so yeah we kind of have an agenda on sort of key topics and then we were going to cover the preview of the Premier League matches for this weekend but yeah just a little bit about ourselves so we we met each other at uni we've known each other quite a long time Portsmouth Uni um, long live the days of uh, Harry Redknapp's Portsmouth FC and we're sort of taking things back to the roots where we met we were just playing FIFA with our mate other mate John who hopefully will join us on this and kind of just having authentic discussions it's not expertise uh, by like pro expertise by any stretch of the imagination but it's just ordinary authentic and I guess genuine um and yeah John you're a you're a Sunderland fan as well yeah yeah big Sunderland fan um yeah oh yeah since um since I was little got brought up being a Sunderland fan family from Sunderland so brainwashed from a young age um (laughs) yeah so obviously lots a lot more lows and highs being a Sunderland fan obviously last few seasons have been pretty low sort of been down in league one uh back-to-back relegations Premier League to championship championship to league one Struggled down in League One for, I forgot how many seasons it was, four, maybe five. Um, now back on the up and we've now got a new sort of model and, and regime on the go where we seem to be picking young unknown talents from around Europe mm-hmm. and and academies. And that seems to be working well for us. Uh, we're playing probably some of the best football I can remember seeing us play in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just having that sort of young prospects, it makes it very, very um, exciting. I think just at the top of my head, the likes of Jack Clark, Joe Bellingham, I think are going to be brilliant players in the future. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised we see a um, England midfield of Bellingham, Bellingham one day. So yeah, very, very exciting. Yes, to answer your question, big Sunderland fan. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just for full disclosure, I am a Swindon fan for my sins. So that's kind of near where I was, I was 
from Bourne um, and they're doing quite well in League Two, third at the moment, with Charlie Austin, I guess, as their as their most well known prospect in recent oh, really? times. So fingers crossed on, on both our prospects heading up the league. The pri- Is the Charlie Austin there at the moment, Jeff? And yeah, he's still there. Luckily, he's not been poached. Oh wow, I, I didn't know that at all. So yeah, it's uh, he must cost a bomb to <laughs> to keep hold of. I must admit, uh, your comment about Ports. I'm trying to wrap my brains around who was playing for Ports before when we were down at uni. Um, so I think they were were they League Two? I'm trying to think back to those. It days. might have been League One. Um, so twenty for full reference to everyone. It's 2012 to 2016 in those years so after the days of Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> coming round to little old friend <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, yeah we uh, yeah I think it was League One so they, they kind of lost you know, yeah, you know, Yakubus and Glenn Johnsons and uh, lost the plot, and, and lost the plot. <laughs> yeah, too, much, too much bother Sorry, Pompey fans. Exactly. <laughs> we, we have eternal grace for you ahead of the Southampton fans, which... Uh, yeah, we do have a soft, a soft spot for Pompey. Absolutely. Right, so just kind of moving on to the key discussion points for this week. So we're going to start off with Manchester United. And um, so they lost 3-1 uh, against Brighton last week. And then they lost again... Uh, 4-3 against Bayern Munich <laughs> in the Champions League. So kind of the just to set the scene and then we'll sort of discuss, um, you know, we had our first goal from Rasmus Hoyland. Uh, Onana had a bit of a disaster in the Champions League uh, against Bayern Munich. Um, and then you sort of had sort of quite tricky defending from the Maguire replacements of which we will, will come back to. So, yeah, how do you reckon Man United are getting on? You know, is there something to do with the Glazers that could be affecting them on the pitch? I don't know. What, what do you reckon, JP? Um, I don't know. I think this whole Glazers thing, I mean, they're obviously the, the easy targets and all this, but I feel like the fans have been blaming them for a while. Um, I think when you look at the money they've actually spent over the last few seasons, it's not they haven't. It's not like they've not been spending anything. Yep. Uh, they've been spending a lot of money. Um, they've had several different managers. They've now got the manager I believe that they wanted to have in in, in Ten Hag. Um, and yeah, they you know two wins out of five in the Prem, uh, and obviously losing in the Champions League mm-hmm. um, in the week to Bayern Munich. I don't know. It's it's a weird situation. I think they've got a lot of off the pitch things going on. I think you look at the the Jane Sancho situation, the Anthony situation, uh, even Maguire to to some yep. extent. They're all yeah. I don't really know what's going on, but things seem to be going on behind the scenes. Maybe there's a, there's an attitude problem with some of the the people within the team. A few bad eggs. And that that will affect a team on the pitch inevitably. If you've got bad eggs within the changing room, then that will affect performance. But I think they're in a real, real tricky spot, to be honest. I think, you know, they're leaking goals 
and again, Harry Maguire was the easy target. He's now stripped of the captaincy. Yep. He's now out of the team, and they're still shipping in goals. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know how much better that defense is, even with Maguire not in there. I mean, I know they're missing the likes of Varane and stuff, but even when he was in there for the first few games, they weren't great against Wolves. They were still um, giving away good chances, and arguably they shouldn't have won that game. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So it sounds like there's a lot of micro dramas coming down from the top especially with the uncertainty of the ownership. Uh, obviously, Harry Maguire is a kind of distraction in the changing room. And as as you just said, you know, JP, there's 14 goals conceded in the last five games with a kind of inexperienced goalkeeper for this pressure. With Man United in 13th, it's quite tricky to see how, where do they build from this? Yeah, I think they're, they're miles away from where they they want to be, which is obviously um, competing for those top four places. And, and really, they should be competing for for the Premiership, considering the size and, and the historic history of the club. But yeah, they're, they're miles away from it. I think even just comparing it to the likes of Sunderland, I've seen us go from when we were an absolute basket case of a team to how we're now sort of improving. And I think similarly to, to the England squad before Southgate took over, it was a very bad place to be, I think, as a player. But they they seem to have changed the culture around the club in terms of there's now a good feeling around when England play generally now in sort of big major competitions. I mean, I know Southgate's probably coming towards the end of his, his tenure maybe, mm-hmm. but... I think the job he's done, and it's probably similar to Man United. I think there there doesn't look like there's a team spirit there. Um, I think maybe it's a bunch of individuals, um, yeah, you know, spoiled individuals at the moment is what it comes across as um, with some of them. So, uh, yeah, I just don't think there's that team spirit at the moment. Yeah, exactly. A team of individuals and and high profile ones being that you know with your Casemiro, your Mason Mount. Uh, there was, I can't believe I'm even going to say this, but yeah, there's even an article of Onana dropping his keys when he was leaving his car for training, uh, showing <laughs> his uh, propensity to drop stuff, which uh, will wind up United <laughs> fans. Uh, it's not just his keys, I don't think. <laughs> uh, this could be other things. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, they face Burnley, and we'll kind of go through their, our prediction for that one just in a, a short while. Um, so it's Man United. So moving on, um, we've got the North London derby, Spurs against Arsenal, um, and very evenly matched track records leading into this. So we have, uh, what is it, out of the previous five undefeated, both teams, one draw each. And incredible momentum and almost excitement going between both managers and and Mikel Arteta. So, um, yeah, what what do you reckon? What's going on at Spurs, uh, JP uh, and and Arsenal, and and what do you kind of expect to happen this weekend? Yeah, I think this game, this is the game of the weekend. I think um, Tottenham versus Arsenal. As you say, they're both on on really good form so far, five games played, 4-1, one drawn for, for each side. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both scoring goals. Um, I mean, I guess Spurs maybe got away with one last week, potentially against Sheffield United, but that, it Christ shows great it. characteristics, um, character 
I am coming back like that. Uh, but yeah, both both are in very good places. I think Arsenal's an interesting one because I think Arteta made a comment saying they've now got almost a one and two back up for each position, which makes you think actually they should be in a very strong position again this year, Arsenal. And the one that's very interesting is the whole goalkeeper situation mm-hmm. around Ramsdale and Raya. Mm-hmm. Um, when they originally got Raya, you kind of wondered where he was going to fit and slot in. There's also a lot of talk around now that he's had a couple of games last week and obviously in the Champions League as well, whether he's now actually the number one. Mm-hmm. Um, it, But yeah, I, I really don't know what's going going to happen there, whether he is actually now the number one and Ramsdale's just going to have to suck it up on the bench for a bit or whether he is going to sort of interchange it. So that's a very interesting situation. Obviously, from an England standpoint, mm-hmm. it'll be very interesting with the Euros coming up. But in I think Tottenham... They've now got a manager that plays good, attractive football. And I think that's what Tottenham have kind of been crying out for for a long time. Uh, you think about some of their previous managers in sort of Conte, Mourinho. Yes, they're winners, but I don't think they suited Tottenham's style of play. Whenever I think of Tottenham sort of growing up, they were always very sort of expansive in the way they played. Very attacking, very, you know, they liked their goal scorers. I think Conte and Mourinho are both very pragmatic in their approach. Um, they'll set up to win and maybe win by a goal. I don't think that necessarily suits Tottenham. I think Ball is definitely more up their street. I think they're going to have a have a really good season. I think actually they made some good signings in James Madison, who's already hit the ground running uh, with assists and goals. And yeah, I mean, obviously it'll be interesting to see how they do without Harry Kane, but... You know, I think I think the way they play, they'll they'll continue to score goals. Arsenal, on the other hand, again, I think they're gonna have another good season. Uh, they're back in the Champions League this year, which probably makes things a little bit more interesting for them. But on the whole, I think, I mean, they had an obviously a really really good season last year, and I think they will build on that. They've got some really talented young players with uh, Saka, Odegaard. Um, you know, even sort of in Ketia, I, I do rate him. I think he, he gets some good goals. Uh, Martinelli, Trossard. So, and obviously Declan Rice, I think that's an absolutely brilliant signing. I think he's a cracking player. So he's going to definitely strengthen them as a side. So it's going to be a really, really interesting game. I think Arsenal are probably going to be the more solid team. So I can maybe see them maybe pinching it. I think Tottenham's defence may still have a tendency to leak the odd goal here or there. But um, I think that's going to be a cracking game at the weekend. It's really well summarised. So yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Spurs seem to have had some kind of resurgence, as you said, with the kind of captain Son Kulusevski's obviously just permanently signed, despite being there for a little while, signed until twenty twenty eight, and to see Richarlison sort of getting his mental health. Um, concerns, worries, uh, important to kind of vocalise that and it automatically got a goal and an assist at the weekend. So yeah, just interesting to see that dynamic, but um, on paper you'd think Arsenal have enough machinery and depth in their lineup, despite the Champions League fixtures to perhaps push through, especially with the pace of, of Saka 
Odegaard and um, obviously their kind of wing backs, of course. Um, yeah, no, it's it's going to be a cracking match, and um, yeah, you have to wonder. It's almost a clash of two sets of styles of attacking form. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think from an Arsenal perspective, it'll be really interesting to see whether they can get the most out of Havertz. Mm. I think he, I mean, I didn't really know much about him before he came to Chelsea. I mean, he obviously got the the winning goal when they got the Champions League. Yeah, 2021. I don't, I don't think we've seen him to his full potential. Um, and I think even at Chelsea and I think Arsenal, he's been... Not amazing, but he seems to maybe improving a little bit. So that's I think Havertz is one to maybe keep an eye on. I think Arteta's a great coach, so if anyone can do it, I think it will be Arteta. It'll be just interesting to see how he slots in throughout the season, I think. Mm. Exactly. And also given that they're finally grinding out results, such as the, the winning at Everton last week, where they've not won in six years at Goodison, um, yeah, it could be a title run. And perhaps what happened to them last year has built resilience yeah so. it's a sign of a championship side when they're beating teams 1-0 yeah and then they're able to grind that grind out result. result um yeah yeah 100 percent. awesome great and i guess the the final i guess major topic and then before we go on to the preview of the weekend's fixtures is a kind of view of brighton which uh are kind of on amazing form right now uh, just you know, in- incredible uh, in terms of their records. So they've only lost one in the last five. On the precipice of, of the Champions League, will be will be at very early start to the season, and uh, just in- incredible statistics and record for Roberto De Zerbi. Uh, yeah, what do, what what's going on down there on the south coast? <laughs> I mean, this will, this topic would be brilliant for our mate John, uh, who's a. <laughs> Yeah, he here's the crying to... call, John. You're joining us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure John would be able to talk about this for hours on end. Um, so this might be one for if he's able to join us in yeah, the future. But um, exactly. no, yeah, at Brighton at the moment, they're they're sky high in terms of the feeling around the place and the way they're playing football. I did think when Graham Potter left, I did think they would start going downhill. <laughs> I I didn't know much about Robert. Deserve yeah, yeah. Uh turns out he's absolutely blimmin' brilliant, uh brilliant coach. Um and he's just taken Brighton to a new level, which which is incredible, really. They've got some yeah, they're they're sort of it's interesting the Sunderland are trying to take a similar approach in terms of their model. So it's cool to see sort of Brighton who are steps ahead of us, um, and actually almost at the, I'm hoping, well, they might be at the peak of their sort of playing powers. I mean, I guess for Brighton fans, you'd hope that they're not at the peak, but yeah, they've just got some great players in there and also some experienced players. It's a real interesting side where you've got the likes of Danny Welbeck, who's been around the yeah. block for a Long few time. years now, but then you've got the youngsters of Ferguson, Excellent. who's just coming onto the scene and they've pulled off an absolutely amazing signing of Ansu Fati from from Barcelona. I mean, that's an absolute marquee signing for Brighton this season. Um, so it'd be great to see how he gets on. I think he's had a couple of appearances so far. But um, he's a real bright young prospect. Um, uh, yeah, and you've got the likes of Matoma, who's just so technically gifted. 
as well. And then, yeah, at the back there, you know, they play good football. They're, they're robust but can play the ball as well. The likes of Dunk, Veltman, and you've got sort of Lamptey on the, on the right. Yeah. I think they change it up sometimes as well. So, yeah, it's it's a good time to be a Brighton fan. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's a big rotation. In fact, they they did just lose in the in the recent Europa League match against AK Athens, three uh, two. Uh, but yeah, again, like the managers being very resilient and talking about how they can they can learn from it. Um, it's it's kind of they've it, it's unbelievable how they've managed to turn this around over the course of the last few years with um, such a, a young team and then also producing profitable you know sellings of of Mo- Moses Casado. Uh, and of course, uh, McAllister, when uh, obviously yeah. you had the World Cup winning member there, but even then, it's still incredible. In fact, their second expected goals, according to what um, behind Man City. So, oh, is that the new um, the new trendy stat XG? XG. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. It's it's amazing to think that they sold the likes of Casado for all that money and, and McAllister and yet they're still, you know, they're playing just as well and, you know, credit to them. Um, it's brilliant to see, you know, you got the likes of sort of Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, United, Chelsea, all spend ridiculous amounts of money. You know, you've got Brighton up there who are, who are doing it for the football fan, I think, playing it the right way, yeah. developing their players. It's, it's really good to see. And refreshing to see maybe having shed loads of money is not the only way um, <laughs> to play this albeit the top six are always going to be quite difficult to get into um, awesome so yeah Brighton obviously have, have got quite a quick recovery uh, but they, they stay on the south coast and against Bournemouth so um, yeah awesome we're going to do now um, a run through of the forthcoming weekend's fixtures, which is all on the 23rd and 24th, Saturday and Sunday. And we'll just sort of whiz through, give our prediction and then kind of wrap up and then also tell you what you can expect to hear next. So um, the first uh, fixture on our list is Crystal Palace against Fulham. Yeah, this is going to be very finely balanced, I think. (laughs) They're both... I'd say sort of mid-table sides in the Premier League. Fulham had a great season last year, but now about Mitrovic, yep. I think they've both started reasonable. Uh, nothing sort of out of this world, but nothing too drastic either. I think Palace, they've got a couple of it. They've got a few exciting players in their ranks in Elise and Eze. I think Eze is a cracking player. Yeah. And then you got Fulham, who have Paulinho as well, who was on the brink of going to Bayern Munich for having an outstanding season last year for Fulham, uh, and they've managed to keep hold of them. So, I mean, Fulham have their players as well. I think it is going to be finely balanced. I find with Palace, they either sort of nick it or they slightly lose. I guess. Um, I think for this one, for me, Fulham slightly edge it. Yeah. So I think I'll go for a 1-0 Fulham. 1-0 Fulham. Maybe a Vinicius uh, poacher. No, pa- Palace seem to have quite a good defence still, though, don't they? That maybe is why we're not looking any higher than that. 
and the great um English prospect in Gucci, is it? <laughs> Gucci. <laughs> Anyone a Gucci defender. Can correct us, feel free to send a postcard. Uh, I think it's Gway, isn't it? It's uh, I think it's Gway. But yeah, we we'll hopefully hear more of him in the Euros next year. Awesome. So one 0 win to Fulham. Um moving on, bottom of the table, Luton Town against Wolverhampton Wanderers, who were kind of unlucky to lose. Uh, against Liverpool last week um, with, you know, really good performance from uh, Neto uh, and Chan in, in kind of their, their striking lineup there. Yeah, I I did see the Wolves-Man United game and Wolves did look good against Man United yeah. as well. So they've definitely got, they've got the performance in them. Uh, Luton, newly promoted, beat, unfortunately beat Sunderland in the in the playoffs, but uh, fully deserved on for that second game, and obviously they they got through through the final as well. Yeah, I I think they are going to struggle. You know, they got Ross Barkley come in. To, for to me, he's kind of lost the boil, lost the boil a little bit in terms of how he started his career. I think most of their squad is generally what they came up from in the championship. Um. So I think I think they're going to struggle in this game for me as well. I think they're going to have to get pick up points when they're at home. So this is going to be a, a big big game for them to try and get something from. But for me, I still I still think Wolves are going to do it. <laughs> I think they're going to do it quite convincingly. So I'm going to go for a bit of a shock shock result here and say four nil Wolves. Wow. Okay. The Portugal B team fires back. <laughs> Gary O'Neill. Um, yeah, no, exactly. Luton had, uh, you know, were unlucky in their previous uh, fixture uh, against uh, against Fulham. Uh, but yeah, they just don't seem to have the kind of supporting firepower that they need. Um, and like you said, not really the full experience. They'll need to probably dip into the January transfer window. So yeah, it seems 4-0 is, is quite plausible with a kind of Wolves recovery. Yeah, I think when you're relying on marvellous Nakamba <laughs> as CDM, you're going to be shipping goals and <laughs> at this level. <laughs> That's wishful thinking, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right, so uh, next. Sorry, Luton fans. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully you recover. It's it's a rags to riches story uh, showing that you can move your way up the pyramid. Uh, right, so moving on, we have... The reigning champions, Manchester City against Coopers, Nottingham Forest. Yeah, um, Forest made some very good signings in the in the transfer window. Hudson Odoi, Langer did lose Brennan Johnson to Spurs, yeah. but I think Gibbs White is also he's come on leaps and bounds. He had a good season last year. He had a was it the did England youngsters they had a competition this summer I think I'm sure he was and there. he was a focal yeah. point and he he played really well and I think he's carried that on so yeah I think Forrest are going to be in a good place this season I don't think they're going to be scraping it like they did last year um, however saying that in this game against Man City man Man City are just something else I mean <laughs> they generally start the season quite slowly but they're picking out the results. Um, Alvarez, I mean, I know Haaland is is the one to watch, and he gets 
of the majority of the goals for Man City, but Alvarez, or oh, he's just been on fire this season and he's just taken them to a, a new level, I think. Uh, and similar with Rodri, I mean, he's continued being top class in that sort of midfield also. Um, so, yeah, I see it. It's going to be a tough, tough afternoon for Nottingham Forest. So I'm going to say, continue and say, Man City are going to win this one. Um, free one for me. Nice. Yeah, exactly. They seem to just drive the results out, despite being one nil down against West Ham last week, uh, with the kind of push of Bernardo Silva, uh, Jeremy Doku providing extra pace on the wing, and, <laughs> and then just incredible kind of poaching. I mean, Haaland was unlucky not to actually get three goals, so they're just an absolute animal of a machine. Uh, and even with Pep having his surgery down in Spain, you know, and he came back. They're just not looking like unrelenting from from their position. Yeah, I think Doku's a very interesting sign. I hadn't seen much of him before he he came to the Premier League, but yeah, very tricky winger um, is what I'm seeing so far. But not only that, but he puts in a shift for the team. He can do the defensive work. So he, I think he's going to be a, a fan favourite for Man City. I think he's going to contribute to among, amongst the goals and assists, but also he, he does the donkey work, as they say. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, donkey I think he's going to be a good... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he's going to be a good signing. Awesome, yeah. Well, it seems like Haaland has kind of still got to get his eye in to the season. Bit, yeah, a bit scrappy on uh, some of his attempts. And, you know, that's even more terrifying for opposition if they're not even relying on him. Yeah, I mean, and how many goals he's already got as well? I mean, he's not playing the best and he's still got a bag full. So, um, yeah, as you say, that's pretty scary for when he does come on form. And we all know what he can do when he's on form. We saw it last season. He's um prolific and he is the best striker in, in the league by, by a mile. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it is terrifying. Exactly. Uh, seven so far this season. So that's... <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just seven. seven. Which is more than one <laughs> each game uh, by yeah. far. Okay. Awesome. So Man City win 3 1. Um, next, we're moving on to Brentford against Everton. Uh, so, yeah, quite a. Uh, so, ninth against sort of relegation. What do you reckon could be this result? Yeah, another interesting game i actually thought brentford have had a better start than they had uh yeah <laughs> so they've they've won one game out of five drawn three mm-hmm. lost one so i mean it's not bad i mean they're four unbeaten out of five so it's not bad they got six points yeah i think you know that they've got attacking threat there in umboibu i think it is and and wissa up front they're two big units um, but also have a knife for goal. But I think it's the defending, I think, for Brentford that lets them down slightly. Um, I must admit, I, I don't see a lot of Brentford football, but yes, yeah, tricky. Um, I think that when, when Tony comes back, it'll probably sort of solidify them a little bit in terms of that sort of striking option. But yeah, I mean, they're generally quite an entertaining team to watch. Um, but yeah, I, I imagine they'll be safe within the season. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Everton, 
I think they're just in a huge mess. Um, and I'm a big Pickford fan, obviously supporting Sunderland, but I think the the overall team is in a huge mess. They just about scraped survival last year, and there was this whole noise about how they can't be in this position again. It's such a big club, blah blah blah. Well, they're going to be in that position again because I tell you what, they're blimmin' awful. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, seriously, I I do not rate that side at all. I don't know what's going going on, but uh, I, know, I know that's probably coming across, across quite harsh as well. But I, yeah, I just can't see how they're picking up points um, without sort of regrouping. I know Sean Dyche, he's a proven manager and he's obviously done very well at Burnley. But yeah, I think Everton struggle this season and I think they struggle in this game, to be honest. I think Brentford have too much for them. Um, so I'm going to go for a 2-1 Brentford win. Yeah, 2-1 Brentford win. Yeah, exactly. That seems Everton leaky at the back. Brentford, they were put under a lot of pressure by Newcastle with some contentious penalty uh, attempts last week, needing uh, five minutes worth of VAR time. Uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah, but Brentford, it seemed quite leaky. But like you said, I mean, on tra- the same trajectory, they should be safe if they carry on. They'll be past 35 points. Uh, But still, uh, it doesn't mean it'll be comfortable. Okay. Um, So then we're moving back on to Manchester United against Burnley. So Manny will be looking to try to recover from three defeats uh, away at at Burnley. Um, They'll be sort of ruining what's been going on at the moment a lot of furore about how poorly they've done. Uh, yeah, what what do you think could be a good estimated estimated result for this one? Yeah, I mean, Man United, they're, they're under the cosh in terms of pressure at the moment. I think the one positive for them going is they've got Rasmus Hoyland playing and starting, um, and he scored in the, in the week. So that's the positive. He's going to be the the attacking threat. I think Marcus Rashford, he's slightly off the boil at the moment from what I've seen. Um, the one... Mm, yeah, and so... I forgot, completely forgot why I thought there, Jeff. I <laughs> lost my trail it's of that thought. Vindaloo or chicken korma, <laughs> whatever it is, that's coursing its way yeah. through your veins. Yeah, so we'll move on to Burnley. There's not much <laughs> left to say about Menu, I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> Apart from maybe give Harry Maguire a start, maybe they'll improve. <laughs> oh. But um, no, Burnley. They've had a. They've not had a great start. Again, very leaky defence. Um, they. I mean, they smashed the championship last yeah, year. Yeah, they just dominated. They brought in. They brought in a few players. I actually fancy this one to be my shock of the of the weekend. I think Burnley are going to get a result here, especially being at home. Um, I think they're going to do something. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a two-two draw. Okay. Two-two draw. Yeah. Um. I think with this one, I might disagree and say Man United will will <laughs> will try to will recover and and win three-one. Uh, Rashford actually has been very unlucky. He's got quite a bit of pace, but yeah, like you said, he's been a bit just a bit unlucky. 
Uh, Hoyland's finally got his eye in. He had a disallowed goal last week. And, you've, you know, there's got to be a point where United tend to just, once they've cleared the rust, move on to kind of normal ground. But, yeah, it's not comfortable if you're a, a, a Red Devils fan right now. Yeah, I think the only saving grace for them is it's away from home. They'll be away from the home the home support. And so if things do go sideways, they, you know, the, the crowd won't turn on them or the fans won't turn on, on them as much as if they were to be at home. Well, it's a, it's a short drive. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. They're just sort of under the pump. So, um, and uh, yeah, Burnley, surprising after such an amazing, almost inspirational leadership from Vincent Company from the Pep School. Yeah, I just I think it's a bit of naivety. I think perhaps it may a learning experience. I think the company, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they they do need to improve drastically. Right, moving on to the big one of the weekend: Spurs versus the Gunners. Yeah, so we we spoke, spoke about, about this one at, at length, so I won't go re go through all that in terms of predictions. Oh, it's a tough one to call. I'm. I think Arsenal will edge it. I'm going to go for a two-one victory to Arsenal. Okay, Arsenal at home. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna agree with that one. Um, yeah, they they'll probably edge it. They've got the pace. I'm just thinking of of a set piece from Odegaard or Saka on the wing, uh, or some kind of goalkeeping mistake. That's that yeah, probably they've got the players that can just turn it on its head, can't don't they? Yeah, the depth. Even Trossard is is firing on all cylinders, an experienced back. So, yeah, up the Gunners. I mean, they they seem to be on a great <laughs> kind of trajectory with this experienced youth. <laughs> Come on, you Gunnosaurus! Yeah, Gunnosaurus <laughs> Rex. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're back on to Brighton against Bournemouth, so the South Coast fixture of the weekend. Oh, it's a slight derby. Is it? Is this one classed as a derby, do you know? Ooh, we need some uh, help from any Brighton or Bournemouth fans. <laughs> it could be. We know one of them. <laughs> I mean, you, you'd have thought yeah. they would be doing even better off they signed Joe Marler from the uh, Harlequins uh, Massive from the England, England rugby team. <laughs> with this, oh, that was brilliant. Amazing header yeah. lost uh, Sunday against... Uh, Japan in the Rugby World Cup. I'm going to go out there and say it's not a derby. I, yeah. I mean, I'm happy to be standard corrected, but um, I think the journey's probably still a couple hours. I think that's probably it's outside the derby. to for drive me. along that little <laughs> road. Although having said that, Brighton's derby is against Palace, which is very, very strange. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, um, maybe it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah, Bournemouth kind of have... Patrick Clivert's son, Solanke, um, you know, some good youth players, but, you know, pretty much they're on the precipice of relegation once again. Yeah, I think they will be down there for the majority of the season. Yeah. <laughs> to be That's a lonely place um, to be. Yeah, oh, and don't I know about it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Brighton, uh, Brighton will probably struggle in some games this season just in terms of the amount of games they've got to play yeah. I do think they'll be fine in this one um, so in terms of predictions yeah, I'm going to go for a 2-0 Brighton okay. I think they'll they'll go get through it with 
a relative ease, I think. Cool. So, yeah, on this one, I'm going to say 4-0 Brighton. I think they'll, they'll have... Uh, they'll have a go bonanza. That tiny stadium will be empty by the end of the 90 minutes. Oh. <laughs> with, yeah. Our mate will be very happy with that prediction. He will love us <laughs> even more. Yeah, João Pedro, Danny Welbeck on foot. It just, it's unbelievable to think this was a championship side not too long back. And they've still got Adam Lallana yeah. and James Milner. God, like, I mean, it's an absolute... One extreme from the other in terms of their squad, in terms of the youth they've got coming, but then the absolute other end of the spectrum in terms of real ancient players in James Milner. But I mean, he obviously can still do a job, and similar to Adam Milano and Welbeck. But yeah, it's a fascinating formula. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, Milner's been around since, I mean, what is he, 30, 37 now? It was Leeds, wasn't it? His first club. We were in primary school I think when that happened right <laughs> yeah I mean I remember watching match of the day growing up and watching him in his in his youth <laughs> whipping in whipping in balls from the right hand side and hey, there was a World Cup he went to as well I, I think it was the 2010 one in South Africa and that was the one where we were absolutely abysmal it was one of the most boring World Cups for, for an England fan but I do remember he was one of the biggest threats in terms of our team, in terms of whipping, whipping those, those balls, balls in from, for, <laughs> um, whipping those ball, balls in from the right hand side for um, Jermaine Defoe. <laughs> You're right. Um, yeah, exactly. Crosses and, and free kicks. It just it's unfortunate his time sort of coincided with with Steven Gerrard. I'll be back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, what a career he's had. Brilliant to see. 624 appearances is the figure. So almost, almost the top. Oh, he's in third. <laughs> Who's, didn't he just surpass Gareth Barry? Uh, um, it might have been a couple seasons couple ago. A couple of seasons ago, yeah. Who's top one, too? I believe it's Ryan Giggs. And uh... we will revert with anything further oh no I tell a lie Gareth Barry is still the top I know he took 25 fixtures off his name uh, <laughs> Gareth Barry Giggs and then Milner so yeah Milner's hanging in there for the I don't know what prize you get for being the top a Krispy Kreme donut maybe yeah carton of Ribena or something yeah, that's a, <laughs> a Savaloy anyway so <laughs> We're going to keep it clean. Uh, but yeah, we it's a remarkable career. So, um, Right, so we're saying 2-0 and 4-0. And then um, we have Chelsea against uh, Aston Villa. Chelsea are having quite a bizarre season <laughs> so far. Haven't they already played Villa as well? Or is it West Ham I was, I'm thinking of? Uh, it might be West Ham... Thinking yeah, of. let me just double check to... that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they have, and um, and it was when Villa beat them three nil or three one or something. Yes, um, you're right. No, Chelsea are playing them this uh, on the twenty fourth. So yeah, uh, yeah, they might so, have played West Ham. That could be what. Yeah, um, so, yeah, Chelsea's a weird one. Very. Similar, well, not similar to Man United in terms of the situation, but similar in the, in terms of a very dysfunctional team, I think, at the moment. 
their whole strategy since Ted, Ted Bowley's come in has just been Todd Bowley. <laughs> Todd Bowley. Ted. <laughs> Ted. Ted talk. <laughs> um, uh, Ted Bowley. Just been spending. <laughs> yeah, it's all the same to me. It's like when I was thinking of the Luton manager as Nigel Webbs rather than Robert. <laughs> uh, Rob. But anyway, anyway, um, going down a different path. Okay. Um, yeah, they've their strategy in terms of just buying young random players for ridiculous amounts of money at the moment just doesn't seem to be paying off. Uh, I think I think do think the keeper in Robert Sanchez was a good was a good yeah, signing. Definitely. I think he's a he's a he's a he's good quality. keeper. Um, I do rate him. Not I didn't really rate Kepper as a goalkeeper and Mendy. Similar sort of lines. He was a good keeper, but he had his moments. I think as well. So I think. Weirdly enough, I think defensively Chelsea are actually okay. I think it's the other end still where they're having they're having problems with Nicholas Jackson up front. He, from what I can tell so far, can't hit a barn door. <laughs> I saw an absolutely hilarious video. Um, I think in the week because they played Bournemouth last week and Jackson's hit this shot uh, running through and on goal on left hand side and he's completely sliced it um, <laughs> like high and wide. And there's, I think, this video on social media from Bournemouth where they slightly enlarge the goal each time, and it still misses and misses and misses. <laughs> it's just absolutely hilarious. But um, so yeah, they've got problems up top in scoring. There, Raheem Sterling the other week against Luton got bagged a few, but against Luton, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Sorry, Luton fans. Um, <laughs> so um, I think Chelsea again, they're going to struggle again with this one, Villa. They've just lost in Europe as well. Um, and I think like Brighton, they may struggle just in terms of the quantity of games this season. Mm-hmm. So maybe this one will be slightly more um, closer than when they first met a few games ago. Um, I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw on this one, Jeff. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, I, I would say... I'd say 2-1 Villa, actually. I think they've got attacking threat. Um, although they were 1-0 down to Palace last week, and then they pulled a result, a 3-1 win. And again, the weird stoppage time, how games are being extended past 90. Um, yeah, I think the the interesting sign I think Villa got in the summer was this, uh, I forgot his first name, but Diaby. Yeah. I haven't seen much of it. I haven't seen him play too much, but I hope to see some of him throughout the season. He looks, or I hear he's quite the live wire, um, and could be a game changer. So yeah, I think he'll be he'll be focal this season. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So um, yeah, exactly. DRB McGinn, uh, you know Watkins is still being uh, a nuisance up front, and uh, I believe <laughs> on the bench, Yuri Tielemans providing that kind of. It's yeah, it's a great sign. Incredible crossing power, free kick range, uh, you know, ability to see situations, uh, and obviously won an FA Cup kind of for Leicester not too long ago. So, yeah. Okay, so yeah, one one and two one. Uh, Chelsea really have spent billions and continue to produce uh, zilch. I was thinking of something <laughs> clever and that didn't come out well. 
<laughs> so, um, moving on to Liverpool against West Ham United. Hmm. Yeah, Liverpool have had a... Again, it's weird how I thought they were doing worse than what they actually are. They've actually, <laughs> they've actually they've won four out of their five games and drawn one. So only... Yeah, so only two points behind Man City. So they've had a they've had a solid start. Again, I, th- I have been a bit slack in terms of watching this football so far, Jeff. Um, but yeah, they're obviously <laughs> they obviously turned it around since cause they had a bit of a, a dodgy season last year. Um, I mean, West Ham, I, they started a little bit off, I think, at the start of the season, but they've made it's a couple of good couple, signings. Yeah. I think. James Ward-Prowse is a great signing from Southampton and he'll contribute with assists and goals. Um, and yeah, West Ham proved last week that they, you know, they'll keep it close against the likes of sort of Man City and the, and the top teams. So it's not going to be straightforward for Liverpool, I don't think, this one. I do think Liverpool edge it. They do have that class up top in Salah, Cody Gakpo, Luis Diaz, Jota. Nunez. So... Yeah, Nunez, who had an absolutely brilliant comeback against the team that we shall not name in black and white. <laughs> Newcastle. Um, yeah. I was absolutely loving that. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I think Liverpool wedged this one, uh, perhaps maybe a 1 0. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Uh, Antonio was actually on you know, good pace. Uh, you know, um, see, James Wood Prowse is adding that kind of free kick prowess. Um, you know, West Ham are not doing as too as badly as as you'd think, and um, you know, but similarly, Liverpool again started off kind of bad last week, but then they recovered well with this incredible bench that they had with um, you know, see, well, an own goal, but it was kind of a goal from Harvey Elliott, um, Cody Gakpo, and still threat from Mohamed Salah, uh, from. Um, you know, incredible support from Nunez, as, as we mentioned, um, and Robertson with his own goal, incredible pace and dogged determination uh, to kind of grind out their last week result. So, yeah, I'm going to say the same. I'm going to say 1 0 Liverpool. Um, Jurgen Klopp is, yeah, got an cr- incredible record at the moment in the Premier League, undefeated in, uh, I believe, at least the last 13. So that's that's an incredible record, and it could be one that they build upon to maybe rival Man City. But that's that's an incredible stretch, right? So moving on to our final fixture of the weekend will be Sheffield United against Newcastle United. So up in the north, uh, what do you reckon? Um, what do I reckon with this one? Yeah. Yeah, Sheffield United again last season in the Championship were very, very good. And they were a strong side, um, finishing the top two. They've made, I think, quite a good signing in, I think it's Gustavo Hamer from Coventry. Yep. He was very, very strong for Coventry. I think we've seen so far for Sheffield United, he's already scored a few crackers. So <laughs> so he will, he will be lively and he will be a threat for Sheffield United. Yeah, he is a threat. He's amazing. Pains for me to say it, but Newcastle are a very strong side these days, <laughs> and you know they've got some good they've got some good players in there, and players I quite like, and players like Kieran Trippier. Yeah, I think Isaac up front, he, you know, he he's going to be quality. He's going to be a quality striker. 
Um, and then you've got, you've even got sort of Harvey Barnes in there now, and he's not really getting Harvey too Barnes. much game times. I think Anthony Gordon's keeping them out the side at the moment, but um, yeah, they've got they've got a good team. Um, and again, I could I guess similar to Brighton and um, Villa, new to Europe this year as well. So Newcastle have had some. They're gonna have some big big games with the group they've got in the Champions League. Just played AC Milan this week. So I was going to say a comfortable Newcastle win of 2-0, but I'm actually going to change my mind and I'm going to go for a one-all draw because I think that I think that game in the week is just going to have a huge toll on the players. It was a big game. Mm-hmm. I think they will... I think they might just struggle in this one. Wow, okay. Yes, I think the grinding out of the, of the result at the San Siro uh, Milan could have an impact. Yeah, Newcastle, they... Yeah, they, again, incredible pace, incredible resilience. Um, you know, St- uh, Bruno Gimaraish, incredible form. Wilson, solid. Uh, but yeah, they are untested at this level, um, especially against the Sheffield United, who were very unlucky with some, perhaps some of the refereeing apparent decisions uh, that the manager wasn't particularly pleased. So yeah, it's a really tricky one. I mean, for me, I would say Newcastle 2-1, but yeah, that could be like a 90-plus minute yeah, winner. And with Dan Byrne, Scorcher. Yeah, with some <laughs> Dan Byrne, you know, forehead slap in the final minute. Uh, or even a Harvey Barnes screamer, but we'll see what Eddie Howe's thinking. He might rotate the squad for this, thinking he has to rest some players for the Champions League. And the other competitions coming up, like EFL. So I think that wraps it up for the Premier League uh, for this weekend. It is the the key one's going to be the North London derby, and seeing whether um, you know whether Man City can continue pushing on uh, despite kind of big rotation, a few injuries, Kovacic, uh, uh, for example. Um, right, we'll try to then wrap up this one. So I think just for reference to everyone else, we'll be aiming to do more on the Champions League in future. Uh, try to provide a little bit of FPL views on our own, like nothing super in-depth, but kind of what we're doing. And also just keep a tabs on the Saudi Arabian League because there's quite a lot of amazing talent that's gone there um that you know does i think warrant coverage and um there's not a huge amount of of coverage in the uk so it's something that we should really be be covering um but right i think i think we're wrapped up for the week so uh, we wish you a good weekend and we'll be hoping to do this every week um ideally with you know other guests uh, as well coming along for the ride but yeah just continue to expect a sort of authentic uh, chat about all uh, premier league and so forth um but yeah we wish you all a very pleasant weekend enjoy the premier league it's good to see you Jeff. all right good to see you jp have, have a good one mate <laughs>